but you still manage to talk. I'm just trying to keep your pecker up, Sarge. With whinges and moans, just belt up and keep waiting. We'll get there any moment now, and then you can do a bit of spine bashing. He meant have a rest. And tend to your eyes and other swollen parts, including your balls. If you've got any, that is. I don't remember, Red said with feeling. My memory doesn't stretch back that far. He had served with Shagger in Borneo, and formed a solid friendship that included a lot of banter. He felt easy with the man, but then having a philosophical disposition, he rubbed along with most people. Actually, he said, noticing with gratitude that the water was now below his waist, which meant they were moving up onto higher ground. I prefer this to Borneo, Sarge. I couldn't stand the bridges in that country. No head for heights, me. You did all right, Shagger said. In fact, Red had been terrific. Of all the many terrifying aspects of the campaign in Borneo, the worst was crossing the swaying walkways that spanned the wide and deep gorges with rapids boiling through bottlenecks formed by rock outcroppings hundreds of feet below. Just as in New Guinea, the jungles of Borneo had been infested with snakes, lizards, leeches, wild pigs, all kinds of poisonous insects, and even headhunters, making it a particularly nightmarish place to fight a war. And yet neither snakes nor headhunters were a match for the dizzying aerial walkways when it came to striking terror into even the most courageous men. The walkways were crude bridges consisting of three lengths of thick bamboo laid side by side and strapped together with rattan, hardly much wider than two human feet placed close together. The uprights angled out and in again overhead and were strapped with rattan to the horizontal holds. You could slide your hands along the holds only as far as the next upright. Once there, you had to remove your hand for a moment and lift it over the upright before grabbing the horizontal hold. All the time you were doing this, inching forward perhaps a hundred and fifty feet above a roaring torrent, the narrow walkway was creaking and swinging dangerously in the wind that swept along the gorge. It was like walking in thin air. Even worse, the Australians often had to use the walkways when they were making their way back from a jungle patrol and being pursued by Indonesian troops. At such times the enemy could use the walkways as shooting galleries, in which the Aussies made highly visible targets as they inched their way across. This had been the experience of Shagger and Red during their last patrol before returning to Perth. Their patrol had been caught in the middle of an unusually high walkway, swaying over rapids a hundred and sixty feet below, while the Indonesians unleashed small arms fire on them, killing and wounding many men, until eventually they shot the rattan binding to pieces, making the walkway, with some unfortunate still on it, tear away from its moorings, sending the men still clinging to it screaming to their doom. Shagger, though more experienced than Red, had suffered nightmares about that incident for weeks after the event. But Red, with his characteristic detachment, had only once expressed regret at the loss of his mates, and then put the awful business behind him. And though, as he claimed, he had no head for heights, he had been very courageous on the walkways, often turning back to help more frightened men across.
even in the face of enemy fire. He was a good man to have around. The ground's getting higher, Shagger said, having noticed that the scummy water was now only as high as his knees. That means we're heading towards the islet marked on the map. That's our ambush position. You think we'll get there before they do? Red asked. Let us pray, Shagger replied. As he waded the last few hundred yards to the islet, now visible as a mound of firm ground covered with seedlings and brown leaves, with a couple of palm trees in the middle, Shagger felt the exhaustion of the past five days falling upon him. Three Squadron SAS had been sent to New Guinea to deploy patrols through forward airfields by helicopter and light aircraft, to patrol and navigate through tropical jungle and mountain terrain, to practice communications and resupply, and to liaise with the indigenous peoples.